Yellow, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the One Mate, One Dude podcast. I'm Bill, the dude from the US. And I'm Joe, the mate from the UK. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the biggest Asian holiday um, of the year, which is Lunar New Year or you know Chinese New Year for some. And we're just going to go talk about kind of the origins about it and the traditions that surround this holiday. Um, so kind of going to make sense to give you guys some some background about us, you know, our standpoint on this. Um, so, Bill, would you like to begin with, you know, giving the audience a bit of a story about yourself? Right. So, yeah. So obviously, um, uh, I'm, I'm of uh, Chinese ethnicity and uh, I'm, I'm a second generation um, from uh, Shanghai. So. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we uh, my family obviously cel- celebrates Lu- Lunar New Year, and I'm definitely glad to be able to uh, really tap into our uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds today, and just you know, give mm-hmm. you guys some new insight about um, what it what it means to to us, and um, especially people that celebrate. Um, I guess it could be considered a foreign holiday in um, in another country, such as the U.S. or the U.K. But yeah. Um, how about you, Joe? What um, what is your background? So my my family from from the UK, no, so, so from Hong Kong, uh, but they, they well, immigrated. Yeah, now now they're from the UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was born in the UK, um, but my parents are from Hong Kong, and they immigrated around I think it was the 1980s. Um, the huge influx of Hong Kongers settling in in the UK, and you know my parents were were amongst those who, who did. Um, I guess we should just start off maybe talking about what it kind of means to us, right? As as a, an American-born Chinese and a, and a British-born Chinese. Right. Um, so uh, actually growing up, like, I wasn't really a big fan of, um, I mean, it, 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 I'm kind of ashamed, ashamed of it, but I didn't really grow up um, celebrating Chinese New Year just because, I mean, I don't know. I would say there was a little bit of more ignorance when I was younger, I would say. Um, there was definitely, you know, more internalized racism, I feel like, just because... I mean, I, I feel like that's not... It's not, like... Not only with, like, people with our backgrounds, but probably with a lot of immigrants as well, but... Mm. Definitely, I didn't grow up with uh, celebrating it, but after um, I actually was able to... Um, visit China quite a bit and after I saw what it means um, seeing even the celebrations here obviously like you see different I mean there's such a big um, Asian and Chinese uh, diaspora like um, London or or New York or San Francisco Toronto like they all they all have you know their own Chinese communities and they celebrate in one way or another Um, but they'll gather up don't they yeah right typically uh there's like a parade or something but yeah growing up when i started to you know started welcoming the um the uh tradition a little bit more we we um typically did what um i joe have you uh, ever done like a hot pot with your family <laughs> hot pot for, for me wasn't something uh we did that often actually it's more of a mainland chinese thing i think oh is it i, I, I don't know i mean Hong Kongers, we we do it, um, but I think it's completely different to to you guys. I think um, you guys do it properly. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. Like, there's also many different types of of hot pot. Like, yeah, for, that's true. Yeah, for like Shanghainese people, we typically like um, we don't like it spicy. We just like you know straight um, like like a like a meat based soup, and then mm. throw a broth, bunch right? of say what like broth. Yeah, nice nice broth, beef broth, pork broth, whatever. Um, throwing yeah. some nice little nice uh, cuts of meat in there, some shabu shabu, um, some fish balls, um, lots of veggies, right. noodles, yeah, anything like that. And you know, just have a good old time with the family. You know, it's 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 all about you know just being together at at, at the table. And, you know, sure. not, I guess not too much not too much difference from other other cultures when when you know they gather around and you know just celebrate. Mm. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I, maybe perhaps a lot of our viewers might not really know um, how kind of Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year came about, right? That's true. That's true. Right. So we definitely um, should get into that a little bit. Um, so I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and start um, describing what Lunar Lunar New Year is. So um, obviously, with the word lunar in it, it's um, the year. Uh, revolves around um, the, the lunar calendar, which is um, different from the Gr- Gregorian calendar, which is what we use in uh, the, the UK and the US and uh, most Western countries, or I think pretty much like the world, right? Yeah, yeah, it's quite an old calendar. I think it's like a few thousand years old now. Right, but anyway, um, so the, the calendar is based on the cycles of the moon, um, referring to lunar, mm-hmm. uh, which is why um, Chinese New Year does land on a different date each year. Um, according to the according to the Gregorian cal- calendar, um, so typically it'll range from January twenty first to February twenty first, anywhere between them. And it's obviously it's it's a mass. I can't emphasize how big of a of a um, of a celebration it is in um, Asian countries. Um, so back to my time in in the mainland. Um, so they actually have a whole week off of work during Chinese New Year. So um, the whole economy just shuts down just, just for that entire week, right? So, which is, which is yeah. absolutely crazy. Um, and uh, I also need to mention that this is not only celebrated by you know China, but it's also celebrated by um, other um, uh, Asian countries such as um, Vietnam, uh, Korea, as well as um, mm-hmm. uh, Tibetan communities. Um, yeah, Thailand or Thailand, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan as well. Uh, Malaysia, Singapore, right? Right, Singapore is a huge one as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, and it's um, it's split into what spring and and lantern festivals. Um, did you um ever, I guess, did you ever get the experience? Um, I guess you know setting off one of those lanterns, Joe. <laughs> well, those um, the ones that like fly in the air, or the ones that you hang. Because there's like different types, right? Right, right, you're right. Um, I guess both, either or. Yeah, done both. Done it all, mate. Done so it cultured. all. Done it all. Yeah. No, I, I can tell. Those are so dangerous. Are they? You know the ones you have to, yeah, the ones you have to light up uh, with, um, and they like just fly in the sky. They uh. literally land on, because in the UK we have like cottage or thatched houses, or if it just lands on the forest or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it lands in the forest, and then you know the whole forest is on fire, and then you know. Yeah, yeah especially in China, when if you've got thousands of them, they look really pretty, though. 
Yeah, for sure. I've I've actually never been, you know, I've actually never actually you know lit one of those before. I, I guess it's not no. that big um on my end, but wow. Um, but definitely the food though. Going back to the food, like um, I can't emphasize like like we typically eat like what is it? Um, like my mom always emphasizes eating um what is it? Um. The rice cakes or nyangal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom makes that. She she makes that too. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. So circular, um, like rice cake. Um, it's flavorless and um, unless you like cook it's it. Like a, I mean, it's it's like it's, a, it's like a it's like a flat noodle, and then once you um. Oh God. What do you mean? Oh God. Nah, it's like it's made from rice flour, I think, and rice flour. and cane sugar. But yeah, it's yeah. like the the shape of it. It's like like an it's like a it's like a flat egg. It's a it's the ones I've seen are a couple of inches tall, like a cheesecake, and then you slice it into like credit card slices or something. And yeah, you, and yeah, you that, pan that's, fry it. that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, you can do it yeah. pan fried. You can do it soup, um, in a soup. Um, but yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're they're pretty awesome. Wait, so how how do you know how long? Um, the the spring and lantern festival is right? well when you when you mentioned the moon right that kind of brought back some some memories because when i was in school memories. and because what i didn't actually know exactly when when uh when this festival kind of started because it was so random each year I, I had no reason i had no clue why it changed every year so mm. when i was younger my friends would ask me like hey joe like isn't it Chinese New Year soon, and I'm just like, yeah, I guess. Well, like whenever my mom tells me when it is, right? right? I didn't really know why it changed every year, but it was actually um, it's to do with the the moon phases. So it kind of lasts two weeks when it's a full moon, and all the way to a new moon, uh, which is why it changes every year. But now I know. Right, I I didn't know that actually that that's why it lasted fifteen, sixteen days. You know, because we just yeah. took, we always just took it how, how it was. You know, that's kind of. That's kind it was of in a name as well, <laughs> Lunar New Year. Lunar was, New Year, yeah, that, that's that's right. We're we're a bunch of dumb fucks, huh? I still, still am. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. Um, so. I guess like we we talked about like what I typically do. Um, how about you and your family, Joe? Do you like typically? Um, I mean, did did you go home at all or? Well, I mean, what is home, right, for us? <laughs> um, I had a I had a quite a different um, upbringing, I think, compared to to you. Because um, obviously, I grew up in the UK, but I was quite fortunate because. Um, have you heard of like, like lion dancing? You know, yeah, those, of course. Those like we we had, we had those lion uh, dancing, um, like parades. Um, mm. Even even in where I was raised in uh, Kansas City, um, so yeah, we we also had our own performances. Like I went to a Chinese Chinese uh, language school on Sundays, and you know, ah, oh, classic, so, classic, forced yeah. by your mum, <laughs> yeah. right. right? Yeah, yeah, same, same. Um, yeah, you see them in like Chinatown or, or in restaurants. So like, I was actually, you know, part of this this club that um, did these performances, because uh, my dad did it when he was quite young. Oh, that's um, that's 
That's sick. That's awesome. So he he did all that in Hong Kong before he immigrated to the UK. Mm. And, you know, the Chinese community in the UK um, kind of formulated a, a club to continue this sort of tradition, you know, in the UK. Mm-hmm. So it was like a line dancing group with martial arts. And every Chinese New Year, we would, um, you know, go to these restaurants, kind of like an events company. That's how we would run. Um, throughout those two weeks, it would it would be quite crazy. We'd do, you know, two to three restaurants a night on average, probably go to a few carnivals, um, do a few things for the community. You know, like you mentioned, the parades. Right. And I got quite I got involved with that sort of stuff, you know, since I was like probably, you know, eight nine years old going out there uh doing the performances uh-huh. that's, that's and um, sick. yeah that's it was great because like we the, the area i lived in, in in the uk um it was quite i guess white orientated probably like 90 plus percent mm-hmm. of the communities were you know were caucasian mm-hmm. and growing up asian it's like it was a it was a really nice time to to kind of gather up with your your Asian friends, right? And just sort of be you know proud of uh, your background, right? Yeah, it was something to do together, and it was a really good laugh, and it was just a really good two weeks where you kind of celebrated, um, you know, your origins, and it gives you that empowerment, right, to to just be proud of like your culture, basically. Right. I definitely feel like, um, yeah, not only for like people with our background, but I guess any, any immigrant, um, em- any immigrant culture that gets that opportunity to really celebrate their, um, their heritage, like, you know, exactly. pu- publicly like that. That's just it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's so great that we can do that. Um, but yeah, it's great. going back to, um, like, did you have any food uh, traditions that, that you have, Joe? Or like, um, did you? Uh, I'm sure you've he- heard of the the red packet, right? The home ball. <laughs> yeah, like in the if you, if you watch the performance for the line dance, mm-hmm. um, it's like a little story, right? There's loads of like rules you have to do. You have to like, in the lion head, you have to bow entrances. Um, you have to bow. Um, like the lettuce, they basically. The, the lion kind of eats the lettuce in the performance. I don't know if the audience have seen it, but when they eat the lettuce, they kind of spit it out. Mm. Have you seen that? They spit out the let- lettuce. No, I, I haven't. Is that out of is that out of uh, politeness? Out of uh, filet no. piety? No, it's it's a, it's a basically like the lion. I think it's called the nian in 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 Mandarin. Mm. That's it brings around luck, right? And I think. The right. story behind eating the lettuce and spitting it back out is that it it spreads the luck within because it's been inside the line, I think. Oh, very interesting. That that's yeah. actually like going back to um the rice cakes. Like, like I told you, like my mom would always tell me to eat like niangao or, or those rice cakes. I think that's mm. sort of like some symbolism for eating those um something like that, eating luck, I guess, so you can yeah obtain luck. I think it's a similar principle with like clementines and oranges like those are around everywhere right that, yeah that's true and that is I, I, never, I never thought about that yeah yeah you do you see a lot and, of um, oranges a lot yeah, of red 
Definitely a lot of red. Oh, red. Red just yeah, everywhere. Red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to wear red. It's yeah, it's just something about the color red that you know it's just everywhere that. It's because I think it scares the monster or something like that. This is a an urban like an old story, right? Chinese uh -huh. has so many rituals, uh -huh. but the color red was is so embraced because it used to scare away um, like the beast that would come and visit or something every year. Mm. Um, it was also scared of light, which I think is why lanterns are lit. And you have those uh, firecrackers. Uh -huh. Oh, yes. Noise, red, and light. I think those are the things that scare away like the devils, the bad spirits, and this monster that comes and visits the villages. Mm. So, they, which is why it kind of makes sense, right? That we had red firecrackers; they're loud and they're and they're bright. Mm. You have the lanterns, you have the lion um, playing like really loud music as well. So it's all about you know scaring away spirits, basically. I see. Well, I actually had, had no idea. Like, like, like I said, I always just you know <laughs> took it as it as it was. But that's um, that's an interesting aspect about you know the, the Lunar New Year. But speaking speaking of like it, this year. So, um, I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but each year, uh, Lunar New Year does have a specific animal that it celebrates. Um, mm. um, so there are twelve total uh, total animals, and it rotates every year. This year just happens to be the ox, which means I think it's um, a year full of what fortitude, strength, um, something like that. I, I I was not able to look into that. Um, There's so many traits. There there so. are. It's it's just like you know looking at your horoscope or something, and pretty much, right? It's like a Chinese horoscope, right? Yeah, exactly. They people you know they do their um, like matchmaking off that sometimes and. Yeah, it's interesting. It, oh, it's, yeah. It's just like, like you said, it's, it's like horoscopes. But, right, so each each year that you're born in, um, you're, depending on what year you're born, um, so you are get, given a, a specific zodiac sign. Um, for me, it's actually um, the dog. I was born in the year of the dog. Um, year of the doge. The year of the doge, oh, God. Right. I should I should have actually bought and on Dogecoin, considering I am born in the year of the dog, right? That that'd probably be expected of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't buy tiger coins. I'm my spiritual animal is the tiger, apparently. Really? Yep. Which That's... means, like, apparently it's brave or something like that. It, competitive is definitely true for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about unpredictable, but apparently tigers are unpredictable. Yeah, that's true. They they um they just snap back all of a sudden and just you know. Yeah, and I think it's maybe bad temper associated with the tiger, which I, mean, I think I dis I disagree with. Right. I mean, like these are once again they're they're superstitions. Like I mean, just like horoscopes, right? That you don't have to go by them like word for word, but definitely um definitely they they relate in some way. But whether that's like by chance or just random, like I don't know. Um, well, I don't know about you, but my parents were quite, they talk about it a lot. Not a lot, but they're quite into it. Um, they were so into it, like they bought me like um, 
like art pictures and stuff of a of a tiger and put it in my room. My sister had the horse. Mm. Um, they would buy me like charms and stuff based oh. on my animal. Uh-huh. Right. I actually, um, I I got something like like that as well. Um, my my uncle right? also happens to be a tiger, and he actually has a picture of him like in the zoo with the tiger, like kind of petting it. I thought that was mm. pretty pretty badass. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So one one of the day one of these days, Joe, we're gonna get you in a in a tiger pit, and we're gonna take a nice little, <laughs> little picture. Actually, next year is the year of the tiger, so good. Um, is it? Yeah, that should be a good time. I didn't even know. Right. So that's oh, I didn't now even you know. know. Now you know. Oh, that's depressing. It kind of means you're old because it's it comes around every twelve. 12 years 12 right. years right yeah so old as shit damn <laughs> means you know it's a dozen years every time it's your year right um that's depressing but yeah don't worry because you know i'll still be there because you know being a dog you know typically when you think of a dog they're loyal and honest and um and <laughs> can be know, bitches too <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah woof woof bitch <laughs> um but yeah that's um that's definitely um like I, I definitely feel like my, my um my mom definitely took that serious as well. Like in her car she has like a sheep hang like she's born in the year of the sheep, right? Or the goat, whatever. Um mm. and yeah, the lamb. She, the lamb bat. Um and she typically like has a lot of things just like relating to, to the sheep and the lamb and now that I think about it, like she has a lot of stuff. Like you don't Right you don't really think about it until like because you always it's you take it for granted kind of um yeah you kind of live seeing it so you just got to take a step back and think you know what's the difference between the western culture family and and ours and i feel like our destiny our behaviors our living is all i don't know subconsciously kind of determined by what year we were born in do you feel yeah, just based on based on our background because, you know, obviously like that determines in the year that we're born in that just determ- that ter- <laughs> that determines, sorry, um like what certain aspects. Yeah, what Destiny. people are what people are going to categorize us as based on, you know, our our culture. Like no matter what year you're born in, like you will be given an animal and then you will be given those uh those attributes supposedly. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That is very interesting. I think um, I prefer the horoscopes more. Do because, you? Why, why is that? Well, they change, don't they? It feels like if they change, it feels like you can change too. Whereas, you know, you have to wait every 12 years for the same animal to come about. And that's true. If you, have a, if you have a kid, you can't really wait a decade for a particular animal, right? Right. I mean, I I have heard of specific people who like they plan like, like because you know when you're when when you're married and stuff, you can I guess plan a child like on a certain year. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think for for Chinese people, it's typically um, people. the The dragon is is that one. Dragon, yeah. My, both of my parents are dragons. Right, so a lot of people typically want their child to be born in the year of the dragon, so they typically plan that. Um, is that the most like alpha one then? 
that that apparently is like the alpha of all alphas. Wow. So, um, but right. So <laughs> sorry to all those kids who are who are you know rabbits and <laughs> rabbits. Rats. And, you know, just get, There's get a rat. Right? There is a rat. Yeah. There's a rat. And a pig. And a pig. I like to be the pig here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we all got a little pig in ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> a pig's right. I, to, the thing is, all animals have their own pros and cons, don't they? Yeah, that's true. But, like, but how badass would it be, you know, just to say, you know, like, yeah, I was one in the year of the dragon. Like, yeah, the dragon. It's like Bruce Lee, right? I think Everyone Bruce could. Lee was probably, I don't know. Let he, me. I, that's actually worth looking up. I mean, that's only if you believe in it, right? That's if, true. If it, but if like, it matches character. It's not going to change wordiness for him, surely, right? Because <laughs> Bruce Lee's Bruce Lee. Right. You're right. He was born in the year of the dragon, so that's like... Well, I mean, it was, I mean, his name is... Um, what is it? I think it's... In Chinese, it's it's dragon, right? Or... Um, Oh uh, yeah, I may be thinking of uh, Jackie Chan. Mo, I feel ashamed. Yeah, I mean, but still, Jackie Chan's also a huge, um, huge, uh, huge icon from Hong Kong, though. So shout out to Hong Kong, huh? Yeah, definitely. We can talk about those characters probably in another episode because there was they're such big, you know, stars that kind of bridged the culture gap, right? In terms of yeah, for sure, um, cinema like Hollywood and stuff like that. I feel like that's a different thing. But shout out to those those two. <laughs> yeah, no, huge, huge, uh, huge, huge, uh, huge icons. Huge icons. Uh, huge icons between the the West and the East for sure. Um, anyway, definitely. Um, m- moving on here though, like, how, like, how about like, cause you see the divide sort of between especially this year with the pandemic how there have been you know there's been a little bit of stigma between or not between I, I guess against um, Chinese and you know unfortunately Asian people um, yeah so I guess that may put a negative stigma to um, you know the, the Lunar New Year just because of, especially this year mm-hmm. um, so I guess moving on like Joe, how do you think we could um, encourage um, younger generations, you know, to engage more with their culture and, you know, the Lunar New Year celebrations? Like, how how do you think um, we could bridge that mm. gap? Like, moving on. That's a tough one, to be honest. That's a really tough question. Well, we we have this. Are we assuming that the younger generation aren't embracing their values as much? As the older generation is that what we're going off i mean kind of like we don't really have as we don't have a, a bruce lee or, or a jackie chan and like in our generation yeah i guess but like in future we got influences <laughs> we, we got brian Higa. oh you're talking <laughs> about that. youtube though right <laughs> he's like from hawaii i think <laughs> um but yeah that's a great point though you have you have a lot of um, influencers who are more, um, uh, I guess, by by race they're Asian, but by culture they're probably one hundred percent, you know, or not one hundred percent. I should say, very. Well, I mean, you and I are both Westernized, of course, but you mm-hmm. know, I feel like identity-wise, right? There's 
sure. There's American, or in your case, uh, um, British, and then there's um, there's Chinese or Hong Kongese, um, and we're kind of if you're if you're like Chinese American or um, a British or Chinese British, like that that's that in itself is like its own kind of uh, kind of group, right? Because you're, you're not you're too American or you're too Western to be um, Chinese, but you're also too Chinese to be fully. Um, you're stuck in the middle, kind of thing. Sometimes, right? Right. Right. I do I, feel that way. Right. Like I was when I was spending time in China, like um, how the locals would describe um, a person from, um, like a Chinese person that's that wasn't born and raised in, you know, the uh, the motherland. <laughs> um, yeah. They they would say, okay, so we accept you as being Chinese, but we also don't see you as Chinese. So it's like kind of, um, it's kind of like a, you're, you have like multiple, like two identities pretty much, or even three, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause you, mm-hmm. you, you can be fully, fully Chinese. You can be fully, um, uh, Western, Westernized American or British or, you know, wherever you're from. Um, mm. but you can also be, you know, both, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, there's like, I feel like the Lunar New Year has such a sort of negative or negative, uh, perspective, you know, outlook on it. And that's, I, I don't specifically know why that is. Like you have, um, like it's, it's just sort of seen as like a kind of a traditional culture, I guess. But, Hmm. It depends where you are, though. Like, if 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 you're if you're seeing it from from a Western country, it's a third party like holiday, right? It's it's an external event. It's nothing to do with us. We don't take days off for it. It's just something that we see on social media, or right. perhaps the international students who are here um, right. celebrating it locally, right? Or maybe right. on on Chinatown. Well, but yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. So I was just gonna mention like in, in, in Asia it's like everyone talks about it. Everyone everyone has that, you know, happy vibe around them and you know it's you know something's going on. But here it's like yeah, it's a foreign it's a foreign holiday. So, you know, there's gonna be a difference, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, but at the same time, like what determines what is mainstream and what is not? Because obviously like even in the U.S., we have so many different, you know, cultures and and races here. Like you have, you have certain communities, like, um, like not just referring to the to the um, Chinese community, but like you have like Hasidic Jews, um, where they have their own communities, where you know they don't even interact with anyone outside of their community. They have their own schools, their own holidays, and you know they just, right. um, they just you know live like, you know. They're in their own little, uh, I guess, um, little bubble, or even like their their mini, their own little mini country or mini state. So ecosystem. <laughs> their little like Amish. Like what? Like the Amish, right? They build their own and they farm their own kind of thing. Amish. Uh, oh no, you're thinking of the Amish. The Amish are like also like that. They're like their own little group. Um, they're yeah. definitely very well known. Um, or very prominent in Utah. 
um, right which is like towards um california but yeah they pretty much that whole state is kind of um amish self-sustaining so yeah no they they're not going anywhere like the the, the mormon culture the the amish like that they're they're very much here to stay so that's but yeah that's, that's also the, the beautiful thing about um the u.s as, as well as the uk because i know there there are plenty of um different sort of um cultures dialects dialects yeah. right but um I'm, I'm i'm curious joe because um do you feel like um do you feel like there is because i know like demographically there's not as much diversity in the uk do you feel like mm-hmm. um there's less dialogue bet- about like the differences in in cultures within within your country difference in dialogue like are you able to are you able to like talk about you know like hey it's it's um it's chinese new year or it's or lunar new year or it's you know mm-hmm. Like do pe do people talk about it or do they kind of just yeah like, yeah whatever? Yeah, the thing is, my my perspective would be quite different compared to the average Asian here because obviously I took part in the Chinese uh, line dancing every year, right? So I get way more exposure to right. Chinese oh, that's year awesome. than, than But to be honest, right? Um, people in the UK they quite like Chinese food. There's Chinese restaurants set up quite. Oh Quite yeah, a lot don't we? We could go on about like how how food <laughs> has such has been such a a staple in yeah. So that helps. I countries. mean, there's no doubt that this weekend's going to be busier than the rest. You know, people might be like, "Oh, it's Chinese New Year. Let's let's get a Chinese right." Um. So that that definitely helps. Right. That's, um. Right. Yeah, I think going back to. You mentioned COVID, right? To do with the Asian perception of of us, because I've been seeing—I don't know about you—but I've been seeing like um, some exposure of some like Asian American attacks, like abuse and stuff. I don't know if you've seen it at all, but it's been spreading around and saying like there's there's more Asian-related attacks because of COVID. Right. Absolutely. Um... And Which that, is pretty bad. No, definitely. Like you actually see um, in New York City a lot of a lot of signs that say you know stop stop anti Asian um, acts because it, it's there was some percentage on 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 these billboards that that said like um, uh, like violent acts against Asians have gone gone up by like twenty percent or something like that. Just I thought I saw it was in the thousands. Just- a thousand percent. Well, I, I guess it depends I, I on don't where know you are. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know the numbers for sure, but it was a crazy statistic. Mm. I guess it depends when you measure from, but yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so it definitely has, you know, worsened uh, um, everyone else's perception on on China because everyone associates COVID with the originating area, right? It, Wuhan. Right and and rightfully so, but it's just like you sh- just because I mean I, like it's it's kind of complicated because people from people from not people from China are not the same as Chinese people. If that makes sense. Oh, China is massive. 
<laughs> right. And like being being born and raised in the mainland is very different than being a Chinese person born and raised in I don't know, like anywhere else. And like you could be from South America. Um right. And you would have a completely different perspective, but you will always be judged based on how people physically see you. And that's, you know, that's a difficult, that can be a difficult thing to overcome, especially, you know, when you're automatically stigmatized based or stereotyped um, based on how you look. Um, Yep. But that, that's just something that, you know, I guess that we're, we have to be born to deal with because obviously like, you know, we mm-hmm. shouldn't like going back to like what I said in the beginning of this podcast, like, um, like, yeah, when, when I was younger, I may have been a little bit internally racist towards myself. Cause I'm like, well, why do other people get, get this treatment while I, you know, I'm sort of on the back burner here. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving forward. Like now that, you know, I've, I've kind of grown up and I feel like you probably feel like this too, Joe, is that, um, you sort of, really become proud of who you are no matter what even like with the, with covid right now um like yeah people have respect like respectfully so have the right to you know feel that you know this this whole pandemic is you know can be blamed oh so, i hate that <laughs> I but, hate right that. But blaming in the end of, at the end of the day it's not going to do anything like you no. can blame all you want just look at the responses, right? Based right. on the problem, right? That, and that's what it matters. just shows. It shows a difference in resilience in in the culture and government, right? Based on how they deal with COVID, and numbers don't lie, right? Right now, the the economy in China is thriving. Right, and I mean, they obviously their response is also unparalleled because of um, <laughs> how how they're how they're made up. Um, but right it's just I, I we just have to move on and you know can't put blame on can't put blame yeah. on others because right at the end of the day it's, it's it's about solving the problem it's not about you know i do feel like you know growing up um in a very very unbalanced um you know culturally it kind of builds resilience um from the very young age for some people, it might not be the same. I mean, it could really damage your personal self-esteem. One hundred percent. But if but for me, it's right. like you know, you're reminded of your difference every day when when you go into a classroom of <laughs> like twenty-nine white kids, <laughs> one one from India and one Chinese, right? Which is me. Uh, that was literally what it was. I was in a school of. 2000 kids mm. I was the only Chinese looking kid right. until until my sister joined until oh god <laughs> which doubled the, the Chinese students uh, in the look school at, look, at, look at your family you know making making a, an impact on that school <laughs> and I, I'm sure they were pr- they were very happy to have you after um, when it was all said and done yeah, for sure. I mean, like, we were kids back then, right? But it wasn't personal attacks. It was just there were kids being kids saying silly stuff about your eyes or about my face or my nose. 
for for them it was seeing someone completely different right um and the process of having to gel into that society it does it does build you know your your character i feel definitely 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 i def i can say i definitely had the same experience like throughout um i guess since kindergarten all the way up to um like high school i was the only pretty much the only chinese kid in in my in my right. classes right so those it really made you feel special though at the same time cuz you're like oh yeah i'm i'm like a i'm like a rare commodity you know like mm. um <laughs> yeah and then when you get into college I, actually i think the the pivoting point is when you go into college or university you guys call it college right i call it i mean college is a little bit um it's like a mini university but you know there's it's, it's right. not much big difference but yeah yeah i feel like that's the point where you meet um so many different people from from all over the world and we set up these societies like asian societies mm. kind of celebrate holidays together um i think that's the point where you realize you know it kind of makes you who you are kind of thing you kind of put down your guard a bit when you meet similar people from similar backgrounds right i compared I... Mm-hmm. right no 100% like I definitely feel like I really embraced um, at first it was like more of a competition because it was like oh this person looks like me I gotta, I gotta do better you know um, but <laughs> you gotta be the better Asian you gotta yeah well that, that's just how that's just, that's just how the culture works right <laughs> but yeah actually when I because I I did after um, after I turned 20 um, I did live in China for for four years and that in mm-hmm. itself was a huge, huge, you know, um, eye opener for me, um, literally, like, literally, and, yeah. and figuratively. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like just being in in that environment where, like, you know, everyone, everyone's, you know, like, everyone looks like you, right? So, like, I mean, I, I just want to get this out there, like, people who say, like, Asian people or Chinese people all look alike. Um, I I can oh, definitely that's, that's say I can definitely say I had that same issue growing up of telling the difference between certain other races, and I was I actually saw this this study the other day. Um, actually, like, this was a while ago, but yeah, it, this study did. This is kind of off topic, but the study did confirm that races have a uh, people of different races have a difficult time of seeing the difference um, between others of another race. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense, like, you know what I mean. The problem, the problem with that is that people say they use it to offend you, kind of thing. They gen- It's kind of funny though, because you can just say it right, like you can say the same thing, you know, about their it race. It depends. It depends on the intent, because there's no need to say that, right? If I told you I'm from Hong Kong, like, what's the point? What are they trying to say by saying that I look like? you know someone else who's from a completely different country right i think i, I think, think it's just ignorance i don't know sure it depends on the intent i think because you can i think assuming someone's race is also it's also quite it, it's in the a, gray areas yeah you don't, you don't want to you know make make a you don't want to assume you, yeah it's you just, don't want to make that big of an of an uh, assumption so but right? anyway back to um right so yeah <laughs> e- even when i was in china though i st- 
even for me, I still had a difficult time, you know, telling the difference between people. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when you know the world's quite big. Yeah, you know, not everyone no, massive. The same language. No, that that well, yeah. you look at the numbers. Like one, like how how much is it? It's nearly like two, one point five or to two billion people are Chinese in the world, and that's mm-hmm. that's just in China alone. Like you're not including. Um, the people living outside of China who are, who are, you know, of Chinese ethnicity. Um, mm-hmm. so essentially like one in 10 people in the world are, have a Chinese background, which is absolutely, it's mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but right when, when I was there, that's when I, you know, really started to see, like really embrace, like, Hey, like I was only, I guess, you know, negligent of, of my own culture because of, people who who I grew up with you know there wasn't there wasn't much they didn't ha- they weren't very educated on you know my background so yeah um that that really opened my eyes just you know just living there for 4 years and just really you know starting to you know become proud of um of who Your I origin. yeah my yeah, exactly. friends, yeah I feel the same way I mean I've not lived in Asia properly apart from the old holiday or vacation, you guys call it. Um, Same thing. But it's a, it's a strange feeling when I do go back to Hong Kong, because um, there's a sense of belongingness. But then again, there's not. It's hard to it's hard to explain. It feels like I belong there. It feels like I fit in, but when I try to interact and get to it's, get to know people personally, it's really not the same. Not the same. Like, you can't express yourself the same way you do. In, for me in English in the same way in Cantonese right you don't really know how to do that too because I mean like they're also so like they're very different cultures too for sure yeah like you you it, like some things can be directly addressed other things you know it's just all you know it's very passive mm-hmm. but I do like growing in a Cantonese household I do see you know, my parents spoke to me in Cantonese. I was raised um, at home in Cantonese, and I would go to school, speak English, right? Right. It's still not. It's still not one hundred percent when you when you go back. Those, you know, those kids in Hong Kong are completely. You know, it's a very different way of communicating. Some things they see polite. Some things they see rude. Um, you know, just because you, you're grown in a Cantonese household, it doesn't cover all bases. Mm. Right. No, I I definitely I agree. Even like being from the household that I was, you know, raised in, like even visiting my family in in Shanghai, like my extended family, we didn't get it along a lot at all because just of you know the cultural differences. Even like my my mom raised me in a very different way, like as compared to like yeah. a normal, you know, Shanghainese family or or Chinese family. Um, but yeah, it's just like. It's very uh, rules based. Like they want, <laughs> yeah. you, like you, they expect you to, you know, you know, comply to, to whatever they say. You got to be home by nine o'clock in bed, whatever. And yeah. you know, in in the U.S. and um, in the U.K., it's just all about you know individualism, right? You can do whatever you want. To some extent. To some. <laughs> well, I guess more to so over here. More so over here. Um, yeah. I noticed with the people, with the other Asian um, British Chinese kids here, is very dependent on their own parents 
how well have they kept their traditional values from where they were before because mm-hmm. some some of them let loose some some parents do change when they immigrate yeah um i noticed that with my parents um the way they've treated uh, my older sibling my my older sibling my brother right mm. compared to myself because that's the difference of what 10 years right oh you have a 10 year difference between you and your brother yeah we oh, do shit nine maybe and maybe just maybe i'm just theorizing at this point but when they first had my brother compared to when they had me and my younger sister mm. my my dad has slowly integrated more and more into society he's got you know um english friends he's got english um customers he's got you know english colleagues and maybe just maybe that kind of it changes parenting rules yeah, in my opinion i agree there, there actually there's also um an effect of like an opposite effect for for some um so for certain first gener or first generation immigrants, like as they age, if they don't, you know, really blend in with the uh, the society they're they're in, they they have a tendency to actually immigrate back. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's very common. Um, so, like I I definitely knew uh, families um, like um, back for, from where I'm from. Um, like not specifically Chinese, but you know people from other ethnicities and who who also emigrated yeah. here. Like if you don't, if you don't assimilate like as well as as your parents um, have, um, Joe, then you know you're, you're naturally going to be inclined to go go back and you know to where your friends are and, and where your community is and where your family is. So that that's also perfectly fine. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I don't know about you, but like, <laughs> there's always conflicts when you grow up in a household like this, because you learn some some freedom stuff that your your white friends get, and then you bring it back home, and you're like, nah, that's not happening here, <laughs> and then you get whooped for it. <laughs> you get whooped. <laughs> the belt comes out, and then it's like, just... it's like my friend my friend Tom could eat sweets at his house, or he could you know skip homework for a day or something like that. And then you bring that shit back to your household. No, no one's having it. Thinking you're smug. Thinking you're smug. Like, right, you know, right. I've seen shit. I've seen shit. And you're bringing <laughs> that back home. And then they're like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's that's funny. But yeah, no, that, that's definitely true, though. Um, I actually, I, I'd, I'd actually um, like to ask you something, Joe. If Say if, if you yeah. were able to, um, you had the opportunity opportunity to uh, go back to Hong Kong and you know you were you know given like a very very good position you were to have a better you you would definitely have um, an opportunity to have a better lifestyle would mm-hmm. you choose to have that life or would you choose um, to have I don't know say a normal more of a normal life um, in the UK hmm I think I'd go on the basis that it's a new experience for me. Not a new experience. I'm familiar with the culture there, but it would just be very different to what it is here. Um, Absolutely. And, and it does. If you ask me in ten years, right, I'd probably have a completely different answer. But right. if you're 
I'll, 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 ask, young guy. I'll ask you next month and see where it changes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, as, as a young guy, it's like you you want to get as much exposure to different Absolutely. cultures as possible. Absolutely. But to be fair, like if you work in a city nowadays, especially in London or or Shanghai or whatnot, mm. it's quite culturally diverse. I feel. Right. It's just you know, especially great. in corporate corporate places where they corporate fly people life, all around. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It'd, it'd be nice to see. It's a good question. What about you? Me, I would, I would say so. Like, like you, I, I honestly, to, I would suggest to anybody who has the opportunity to, if you can go mm. out of, outside, like you, you were talking about being resilient, going outside of your, your comfort zone. I would definitely advise to anybody who does have the opportunity to go ahead and take it, even it's if it's not forever, even if it's for like a year. Um, yeah, it's definitely good to you know see what what else is out there what other perspectives Inside, there right? are exactly yeah um and yeah and hey like you would be possibly even be making uh more money over there because you know say say in china you know one one uh one usd is like you know seven chinese rmb so you know why not you know <laughs> but but speak, Mate, just because the number's bigger <laughs> no, no, no no trust me trust me i i'll be a millionaire in like rupees and exactly so like you go to thailand or something you know the, the 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 costs are so much cheaper and it's like but like that's not to um say that you know because because there's also an issue of like people from um wealthy countries like they're going to these um you know still developing countries and you know mm-hmm. kind of um that is kind of off, off topic but you know they're 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 um I've seen some stuff. Right, they're they're, yeah. they're living a much be- better life in in another country just because you know, their 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 um the currency, currency. Ha- their currency has more purchasing power. So it's that's that's always an interesting you know. Yeah, there's some backlash. Like I I saw a post of some some woman like asking people for change to stay in a hostel because. Uh, this bear in mind this is someone who came from like the uk or some mm. some first world country like on the streets just asking people for money um so they they can continue their stay even though they have like a flight ticket back do you know what i mean right and it's like it's just so unneeded <laughs> yeah no it's but anyway you no know, like it's 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 yeah you you get a better life but anyway i would definitely suggest if you get the opportunity to do it just because you know not only for the experience, just because, you know, you may have something uh, more lucrative there. Um, but speaking of lucrative, um, like money also has a huge um, role in, you know, not only Chinese culture, but going back to to the uh, Lunar New Year. Um, oh, right. I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Do you now? Yeah. Do you? It's time to get paid. It's time, it's time to talk about getting paid. Um, so... <laughs> If, like, I'm, I'm sure you might have seen this, Joe, but um, Ronnie Chang, uh, the comedian, he did a hilarious um, skit about this. Um, he talked about how, you know, Chinese New Year, we say, um, you know, gong chi fa tai, or uh, it's in, in, in Cantonese, it's, it's um, what, what is it in Cantonese? Oh, I don't know the specific one for getting rich, but gong chi fa tai means wish you good fortune, right? Wish you good fortune. Like in other words, it's passively saying, you know, hope you hope you get rich. 
you know right so it's very very you know it's very think, it's very cash focused yeah we i think we say like uh which means like bringing in like wealth and prosperity kind of thing mm. and, and you sounds like fish so obviously chinese people would <laughs> link the words together right and eat fish eat fish for good luck. yeah right for good luck and you don't want to flip the fish because it kind of flips the luck around you know very symbolic culture huh. Like, huh. I, I did not know that yeah well, if you flip the fish in a dinner table you're not getting your your hong bao oh shit, oh, shit. <laughs> i'm joking but like it's not <laughs> it's not good the fish, <laughs> that would be the <laughs> worst um but yeah speaking of hong bao though like did um so i guess to those who don't know what a hong bao is it is a red packet with typically um with you know, it has a certain cash. amount of money. Yeah, just straight cash in it given to you by a family member. Um, were you, um, did you ever receive those, Joe? I, yeah. That was, that was the best, you know, part of the year, to be honest. Oh, yeah. As a kid. As a kid. Oh, yeah. And I got paid, you know, I'd get a bit more from my line dancing as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I spent it on because I don't, I haven't kept much of it. I mean, for a kid, it's a lot of money. Like, I it think is. it was maybe you could get maybe like twenty pounds, which is what, like thirty thirty. What's the currency? Thirty around thirty thirty. All right, about about thirty bucks. Some sometimes it could be fifty, right? If if it's from a from your grandma or, and it could really add up into hundreds hundreds of pounds. And yeah, if you're like you ten, if, you're, if you're like ten years old. That's a lot of money. Dude, I, don't even, I wouldn't even know what to spend with that at 10 years old. Like, I would just be like, huh. Nintendo games, I think, or like sweets back in the day. Probably ice cream, yeah. Uh, Lots of ice But cream. yeah, it was, it was a lot of money for us back then. And um, what's the tradition about that? Is it just giving, wishing people luck, right? By giving these red, these red, red envelopes? Like, I honestly don't. Because it's, it's naturally, it's always a sign of gratitude, no matter... <laughs> Um, oh, it's especially popular during um, Chinese New Year, or excuse me, Lunar New Year, um, just between, especially between family members. Um, right. It's even common between like normal interactions, like say you're a doctor and a patient. Um, once a doctor finishes, you know, um, making a diagnosis or giving you a prescription, um, mm. then the patient feels like they're always obligated to give that doctor a hong bao just because, you know. What? Uh, even yeah, doctors so, even doctors yeah and wow. obviously that's that's i mean that's that's a different ethical uh ethical dilemma that we're not going to get into um <laughs> um but yeah that, that's just sort of kind of like the common how common it is between you know in yeah. um mainland society but um we do it in uh, we do it in weddings too i think hong bao's do you uh, yeah yeah um or even for birthdays, I I get them for birthdays. Yeah, I, I stopped. Um, I typically get them from a relative that, you know, I haven't seen in a very long time. Like, say, I have a relative from Australia, and then she comes, and then like, oh my god, it's been like twenty years since I've seen you. Here's like, here's some money. <laughs> here's some money, and then you know everything is everything is good. So that that's just how how our cultures. Yeah, culture and you have to like, I guess most Asian kids would 
have a really good acting skill by now by pretending they don't want to take it but right. they and know they know it's good that's like, a huge that is like such a huge part of um uh chinese and uh cantonese and taiwanese culture it's just um it's called a phileo uh piety for those who, who don't know it's um anytime that you're given something you're especially if it's from someone that's older than you you're naturally obligated to you know not want to accept it and then there's sort of this this fight you know between mm-hmm. you know who who can be the the most respectful so if, if you can not take it then you win if they give it to you then you know um then they win because you know whoever's the more more polite person you know um wins in that situation but that, yeah that, did you ever see that um well i think it was by nike um it was like of course it was like a a, a running a running uh a running shoe commercial because you know they it was like this this auntie was trying to give this little girl like her little um niece a, a red packet and she wouldn't oh, take yeah. it and then like she she would run away and in, in, in her nikes of course and then, yeah. like, the auntie would, like, run after her, like, take it, take it, take it. And then, you know, but that's yeah, just, that's like... A, that's smart. It was a smart commercial. Oh, 100%. Like, that kind of shows how, you know, Chinese culture has, you know, really been ingrained um, in... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Nike's also a huge, huge um, company. Um, so, if you want... Also, like, going back to the one, one, one out of ten um, persons are... are of Chinese uh, ethnicity, like you would definitely want to, you know, appeal to that group in some way, you know? Sure. Yeah. Right. Cause that's like a huge market. Like think about, um, especially during Chinese new year, like I'm sure business for uh, rest Chinese restaurants are probably fantastic. Are they not better? Better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were pretty bad when uh, COVID started. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Everyone was uh, everyone was scared to to eat at Chinese takeaways. I, can I don't know why. Like I don't know why. Like I I haven't been to China since COVID and there, there's some bad hysteria around eating at Chinese restaurants and that was just stupid. Yeah, but you you honestly like you can't do much about that. It's just like based yeah. on it's like recency bias, you know, you you hear the news, you know, the media's like, "Oh, this is, you know, especially with like certain leaders calling it a certain you know certain flu oh, so that that doesn't help but and you know how like the the beer corona like dropped in sales as well you just oh, that dropped? just shows how yeah that just shows how like sort of how... ignorant <laughs> certain certain group not definitely not everybody though but it's just like no for sure it happens right um but anyway but right but that's like a huge like I feel like companies could definitely, you know, really capitalize on, especially the Lunar New Year, um, mm. like in different ways. Like Nike, they still do it such a good job. Like they they have their own every year. They they have their own Lunar uh, New Year um, shoe editions. Like I'm kind of a shoe head, so I love to you know just sort of you know look at these beautiful beautiful uh, designs on these Nike shoes that they come out with every year. Um, mm. but I know others, other CEOs are probably taking advantage of that as well. Right. Um, I think, um, speaking of shoes, there is a 
Chinese New Year Crocs edition. <laughs> well, there you go. Crocs are also, you know, getting in on the action, so. Yeah, well, we should probably, should we post it on our Instagram for people to have a look? It's like Croc? a black top. Yeah, black top and like the edges are like red, like fiery red. I mean. I'm not, I'm not saying I would wear it, but I'm just I saying. Mean, I, that, I'm kind of, that's, that's what I'm kind of picking up from here, Joe, is that you would definitely rock those kind of Crocs. I'm not saying I'd wear them, but I'm just saying to our viewers that there is a Croc Chinese New Year edition. Crocs are comfortable, <laughs> but you may never catch me with them on in public. Um, yeah, it's decent contraception, but and they're comfortable. And they're comfortable. That's the that's the most important thing, I guess. But um, yeah, so Elon, I think Elon Musk. We have to bring him in every episode oh, somehow. Elon's back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so business-wise, he's trying to target the Chinese market because there's some fierce competition for electric vehicles um, in China. Right, and that, yeah, and he, yeah, he's trying to infiltrate into a new market, and you know, it was nice of him to politely say on his platform that, you know, happy Lunar New Year, or thanks to, you know, the Chinese infrastructure or whatnot in supporting his company. Mm. It was a nice touch. Absolutely, um, no, and I, I, I guess we were talking about like how we can really promote uh, Lunar New Year in um, the future. I guess like. Our um, our future leaders, I guess, or our current leaders, are kind of just naturally advocating for it based on, um, you know, based on economic benefit. So, right, there's definitely True. a lot of potential there, and um, I guess whether it's for the right or wrong reason, I I'd, still exposure, right? It's st- it's still exposure. Any exposure is good exposure, right? Wow. <laughs> well. Well, yeah. I mean, generally. Let's just say yeah, but no, it's good. Have you noticed like um like on Instagram, they've put these like Chinese New Year stickers out, um, and they and they sort of collate all the stories of your friends into one one little one little story. So it's nice to see that you know even social media are accommodating for for particular demands, even though Instagram's banned in China. But f- from what I saw. You know, it's nice that they took the initiative to to incorporate some Chinese New Year um, like features into it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like even with um, certain organizations, especially sports organizations, um, I'm sure you've heard of the NBA, Joe. But they've started yeah. having. I mean, they have their uh, Lunar New Year jerseys when for certain teams with um, oh, wow. large large um, Chinese communities. They have their own commercials. Um, back when, um, back to back for since uh, Jeremy Lin was in the league. Like speaking, like actually speaking of Jeremy Lin, um, he's actually started doing videos in in Mandarin. He, he's he just speaks Mandarin in these videos wow. for his um, for his audience on on Weibo, which is like the the uh, Chinese Twitter. So I think that showed a lot. Um, of what his experience in China did to him because he was only there for a year and you know he's like he was like he's cultured now he's cultured now (laughs) you you could you could say yeah Um, yeah but yeah no it's the the market potential is definitely there and I feel like Lunar New Year could definitely be a good way for for people who don't know as much about it to really 
you know, get to know the culture a little bit more and, you know, sort of, Mm -hmm. um, tap into uh, what's in store for the future, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great way to, um, sort of engage the younger generation and kind of embrace, you know, our own cultures, our own values. If we see people like Jeremy, um, you know, promoting this stuff, it's not really promoting, it's just like, um, celebrating their own, their own, um, their background, right? Yeah. Their own backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's being, good being proud of it 100% and I guess what we're doing here is trying to just talk about it <laughs> hopefully someone picks it up or learn something different about our own our own events yeah absolutely and and the same goes to if, if you're just uh, uh, you know whether you're from um, whether you have a Chinese background or not it doesn't really matter just as an, as an immigrant in a new country and and you're trying to, I guess, really fit in, you don't want to um, forget about where you come from and who you are. Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, you you definitely... Just finding that balance, though, that's one of the, the more difficult parts. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that comes along with time. Um, right. Yeah, and maturity as well. Because I was like you as well when I was younger. I was like, you know, it's not... I want to celebrate what they're celebrating because right Easter I want to pick pick some fucking eggs from you know I want to eat chocolate (laughs) (laughs) and we got some okay not not saying anything bad about like Chinese snacks like lingo but chocolate is like elite snacks compared to some of the the Asian snacks that takes a biased view because (laughs) I was growing up here yeah no but also sorry Joe so I was just taking like even the drinking culture is different in in Western cultures where New Year, okay, let, let's just say Western New Year versus like Chinese New Year. Mm. The drinking culture entices maybe the younger generation more, right, to to the Western side. Yeah, well, I f- I feel like there's there's actually you know, I feel like the the perception of you know the lunar new year celebrations here are not as accurate as it would be say in you know in taiwan or or hong kong like the drinking culture there is actually massive but we just mm. i feel like because most people who celebrate it here are a little bit older um and the, but w- would you get wasted or shit-faced with your parents on new year's on yeah, chinese new year that is true um but if you, I wish actually, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that would be fun, but yeah, no, no. Oh, I don't know. Bit outside my comfort zone. No, no, not with not with my family. Um, <laughs> but in my my friends, right, my white friends, they they do it all the time. Well, yeah, that's that's another thing. Like that's um, that's the culture difference, I guess. Like, it's like once they hit eighteen or seventeen. I mean, they knew their parents knew they were drinking way before, but when they start drinking together, they start going to pubs together. Oh my god! It's like, <laughs> drinking it's quite normal. culture, even between the U.S. and the U.K. Though that is a massive, there is a massive de- uh, discrepancy. Like we could definitely that that's a topic in itself. Yeah, it is. Let's not let's not get our competitive uh, nature Drive out. On, right, right. No, we yeah. will. We will. Don't worry about that, Joe. But you know, compared to like Asian cultures, like it's not a good look if. If you're 
if your kids were like you know blackout drunk in front of their parents because pride is so it means a lot to our parents isn't it right so maintaining face um oh that's a big one um right so maintaining you know how how others see you is such a huge um part in you know uh chinese culture like you want to especially to you know your parents with their friends they want to be like yeah you know my child is doing this or my child is doing that you know (laughs) ivy league (laughs) ivy league baby yeah um but yeah doctors and doctors driving so that's partly what drives like because you know we have such a competitive culture like probably one of the most i mean most most traditional cultures are like that i can say even from from cultures say in in africa um Mm -hmm. they they definitely have that drive to you know just just be the best um in terms Mm. of their their positions but um like yeah that's definitely good though if that that's one of the positives being from a traditional society but it's it's a positive to some level it's a to curse some level. and a blessing i guess because it's like yeah you have so much pressure yeah because you want to live up to to you know your family family's expectations and did you your know, did your parents did your parents keep that um traditional expectation and and rigor on on you um, keeping you studious checking your grades reports all those typical things yes and no i have to say i came from a very different sort of environment um Mm. my mom mom my mom was actually an athlete so she didn't have like that that oh i didn't know that right so she didn't have that same upbringing as most you know um study focused families were um Mm. but disciplined in a different way right for athletes right definitely definitely i can definitely say that I'm. I learned how to be disciplined physically before I learned how to be disciplined um, <laughs> educationally. Um, yeah. So. That, I, I, I don't think you should have said your mom was an athlete. I don't know if the viewers are going to be start asking um, who your mom is. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I. I hope you know. She. She's. She, you know. Don't. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like the the passion for you know the competitiveness is still there you know wanting to be results based you know it's it, that's all yeah. that matters like but like I'm sure I'm sure you had the same expectations for you Joe right um actually not really my oh yeah I didn't I didn't have my parents really came to my like kind of teacher meetings and stuff after a certain age um i usually attended my own mm-hmm. um because i feel like i i kind of knew what i wanted to do fairly early on so they kind of entrusted me to kind of make my own decisions after the age of like 15 um they gave me like kumon and stuff mm-hmm. yeah they made me do kumon which is like a extra math kumon, homework. Right. but um yeah the um the, i think they focus more about if i was a if i was a nice person or not folk rather than focusing on how many a's i got or you know if i got 98% or 100% in in my tests or whatnot. not um not like the generic um the the typical not so like much. asian asian uh, parent parenting not so yeah 
not so much, which was quite good in a way because I was I've always been a bit of a self-starter. I kind of made my own decisions. I like to take ownership of my own things. So if they kind of intruded with that sort of stuff, I might I might end up in a a very different situation right now if they right, drove right. a lot of the things I wanted to do. Right. Um yeah, there's there's pros and cons of a relaxed approach. Um Yeah. So not not the typical uh, mindset of a results driven family but right but for 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 people who are um i guess more traditional and that they sort of all their actions are are sort of you know being overwatched by you know their parents and most of the decisions decisions of that child that they're driven by by their parents um mm-hmm. that's still very much a thing like during my time in um it, when i was living in china it was like wow like you didn't ask the child or the 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 um i guess it was like a college college age by then but like you you wouldn't ask ask them like what they want you would ask you know what their parents want and that's just <laughs> that's just a huge such a huge difference like between you know eastern and and western culture like it's it's very mm-hmm. um yeah it's just very cuz cuz it's obviously it's tradition so you, you can't really do much about it yeah exactly but i feel like it's changing though i feel like we we need to do more to to push creative in uh careers for for us as well um some very talented you know people working in media film industry mm-hmm. um you know and acting as well right we can we could talk about like diversity in in hollywood we're seeing more and more you know asian production films um definitely definitely that's that's definitely going to be a hot topic um in the near near future but um joe mm-hmm. uh we, we may as well uh move on here to to uh, our our last seg- segment um to our, sure. our our fun you know and traditional i guess we can make it a tradition uh would you rather segment um let's do it you ready here, Joe? I I got our um, what is this um, p dot com. So yeah, just gonna pull out a random. Um, you gonna go first? Uh, I'm. You mean you want me to ask you first, or you want to ask me first? Uh, just just get up a random one, and we'll do it. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is actually a good one. So, would you rather spit at an angry Mike Tyson or spit at an angry Bruce Lee? It's it's just question. Oh, it's it's just like saying, would you rather spit and die, or would you rather spit and die? It's like, <laughs> which one's quicker, right? <laughs> Bruce Lee's definitely quicker, but Mike Tyson, man, that man is huge. But, but me, but I feel like you're assuming that they're gonna kill you, right? What if we talk about what they would do if you spat on them? What their reaction would be? Uh huh. Rather. Uh-huh. I feel like Bruce Lee would look at you and be like, he would just he would just talk about something really philosophical, and then he would just leave you alone or something and teach you a lesson. Maybe, or he could just you know, I don't know. He could just give you a quick swift kick to the chest and it'd be over. <laughs> the one inch punch. The one inch punch, right? It, that would still hurt. That would probably still hurt. You know. That would hurt. But Mike Tyson, though, I would definitely you know. 
not not want to spit it. Once again, it says angry though. Oh, it says angry. Yeah. So I okay. feel like they're they're both you know equally terrible. I don't want to spit on any of them. <laughs> Alright, good answer. Okay. I'm going to say Mike because I think he's going to go straight for my jaw and that will knock me out faster. Whereas I think... You would rather be punched by Mike Tyson? I don't want to be kicked in the chest. I don't know. I feel like I've got ribs there and stuff. But Mike, he might break your face. Do you know how... And you still be quick. <laughs> yeah, you'd wake up like two days later. Oh. And... <laughs> Well, what about you? Me? No, I would definitely... I would prefer the kick to the chest. I can recover from broken ribs, but if I get hit in the face, like, my oh, fucking true. brain... I might be in a car. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, if... I think that's quite stupid for me to say. But no, it's okay. anyway, it's, it's quite it's, it's stupid to do any of them anyway. No, 100%. 100%. But that's the point of these. Com- <laughs> complete disrespect to both. Right. We we love both of them. Um, all right, all right it's my turn, right? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if this is a an enlightening one, but it says, would you rather save two relatives or save a hundred strangers? Oof, fuck. Um, right, this is the dark side coming out of you, isn't it? It's kind of like... It's like which two relatives are we talking about, and what, who, where, like, and who are the hundred people? You know, it's like, but oh yeah, I think you just gotta look at this objectively. Like, objectively, you naturally just want to save more people, right? If mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, so probably the hundred people, like, so yeah, I agree. Right, if we're just because. Because the two relatives could be strangers. That's true. That's true. Right? That's true. And they could, those two relatives could just be, you know, evil beings. My 50th cousin. <laughs> yeah, true that. 50th cousins <laughs> and the worst people, so. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, actually, Bill, I've, I found one. Uh, would, you, would you rather find your soulmate or have your dream job? Oof. I mean, I would definitely say right now, just because I'm so deep in, in the working mode, I would prefer to have a dream job. But right. I don't know. Having, you know, finding that soulmate would also be, you know, very, very gratifying, especially in the in the long mm-hmm. run. But yeah, what? I may... <laughs> I may even lean towards a soulmate, um, but maybe mm. if if I wasn't, you know, because what is like, even if I were to get my dream job, say say I were to get that, and then, you know, I find out, you know, I don't really like it, so, but then <laughs> <True>. like naturally <laughs> you might not like your soulmate. That's but, you might not like the soulmate. But like, isn't isn't if that person is supposed to be your soulmate, like that you're naturally, you know going to be you know i mean a soulmate is a soulmate right like that means like you, you both get along very well like they're but your dream job's your dream job that's true but what if what if you had the power to make your own nah dream can't job? do that it's one or the other shit gotta play the game here yeah fucking game um 
yeah, no, I'd, right right now my mindset is definitely on the dream job, 100%. How about you, Joe? Interesting. I think oh, yeah. I'd say soulmate. Soulmate? Okay. Mm. Because um, you kind of want to retire happy. That's true. You could, re- you know, there's... Um... Yeah, okay, that, but, that's a good point. But you would earn... I mean, I'm guessing your dream job would earn decent amounts for you to retire earlier and settle with a second best soulmate so you'd be younger <laughs> second best soulmate right. <laughs> right imagine telling that to her yeah you're my but, second you know, best soulmate because you know yeah i took the dream job over over the potential soulmate but you know yeah, you'll do you'll do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah all right i guess Terrible. that 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 uh that wraps it up for for episode two uh, I want to thank everybody who gave us uh, their time um, to listen to the uh, to this episode. Um, uh, before we sign off here, I do want uh, to let everybody know um, that if you would like, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram. It's one mate dot one one dude. Um, that's on IG. And if you have any um, inquiries or or, or questions um, for us, go ahead and email us or. Uh, direct message us slide in you know our dms um that'd be great yes <laughs> our email is um one mate one dude at gmail.com and if we also want to know if uh, how you guys thought about the quality of audio so if you guys can give us some feedback about that that'd be fantastic um in the meantime um i guess we'll catch you guys soon and me and Joe and I both wish you a happy Lunar New Year. Uh, and best of health and, and luck and prosperity and of course wealth. <laughs>